And welcome to another edition of the Nerdy Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Pedersen, with just one brother and fellow nerd, Josh, today. AJ is out with some new agents that are about to join the team. Uh, we have a lot of those coming to the team recently. Growing, man. Which is pretty fun. We're growing pretty quickly. Another little plug there. If you are looking for some help and some knowledge and some value and you're looking for a team, we are here in the Twin Cities. Uh, we're growing rapidly. We're look, hoping to get to around 50 agents by the end of the year. So if you want to have a discussion, feel free to reach out. Today, we are going to do a recap on the consumer price index and the producer price index um, and how they're looking to now compared to when we last discussed them. We'll still give you a breakdown of what they are, kind of go over all that good stuff. This week, instead of a would you rather of the week, I was just scrolling through Instagram. I fought, I saw a fun little graphic. And so I have a trivia question for Josh. See oh if you can get this right. No pressure. So it's a meme. And the meme is the guy from Austin Powers doing one, one million, bill, one million dollars. Okay. And it says, Bank of America Global Research expects mortgage rates to fall to 5.25% by year end. Okay. The question is, and I'm going to read the rest of the post, but the question is, there's a real estate agent, there's a lender, and there's a builder. Who posted this is the question. I'm not done. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. So... The post is Bank of America Global Research expects mortgage rates to fall to 5.25% by year end. And that says, is this possible? Well, with inflation in many parts of America well below the 2% set by the Fed, we should, see, we should start to see rates coming down. Keep in mind, as rates come down, prices oftentimes go up even higher. Find that home for your family and purchase now. Refinance later. That's my forehead hitting the microphone. Who is it? Who it's 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 either an agent, a builder, or I think it's an agent. And lenders post that kind of stuff all the time too, but I think in this case it's an agent. It was a builder. What? Yeah. Interesting. They um, must not be selling very many houses right now. No. Uh, in, so we're not below two percent inflation. Let's be clear on that. Let's unpack everything. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, we're not below two percent inflation. Um, as rates come down, it's possible price. I mean, yeah, math makes sense, right? As rates come down, your purchasing power goes up, so you should be able to see prices go up. You can't guarantee you can refi because you might not have enough equity in your home to refinance. It's going to cost you money to refinance, so even if you have equity in your home, the rate change may not be mathematically advantageous, so you might just be stuck with your higher rate. There's a lot of really... I mean, that's like, you know, that's the whole marry the house, date the rate thing that I hate so much, and I've said multiple times on this, but there's just... I don't know. It's, it's posts like that that make me squirm a little bit because it's why people don't trust people in our industry. Also, I don't I don't uh, act like I know everything, and I don't I don't think that I'm the smartest person in the room. But five and a quarter by gonna, January, there's no chance. That's the most ridiculous statement I've heard that's in a long time. That's 175 basis points. That's like as much as it went up in July of 2022. Yeah. In that month, like almost, it's a little bit less. Yeah, I mean, if up. there was something, if, if inflation went to zero or something and they started cutting rates, but they're not going to do that. So, I mean, it's possible rates will come down a little bit, but I don't see five and a quarter. Gosh, I maybe the, in a, a year from then, January of 2020, what is it, 2025? Potentially? Yeah. Yeah, but twenty twenty five. Potentially, that that's doesn't what, seem crazy. That's what it. That but would be. Twenty twenty four is absurd. If everything is handled correctly, that would be the right trajectory. Because because we've always talked about the biggest issue that we have with the interest rates is fast, abrupt, unknown movement. 
Like if rates go, because they're at like seven and a quarter, seven and a half, let's say. If rates go to and five and a quarter, everybody would say, oh, that's great. Rates went down. But if rates go drop 2% in two months, it'd be bad. It would mess things up for it would sure. Just, it just puts it out of whack. The other thing is, is there's always a, like this guy saying prices will go up disproportionately. There's such a, like there's a period every time rates move a lot one way or the other that creates, they're lagging, right? So like when rates went from five to seven quickly or five to six and a half quickly, um, there are a lot of buyers that still were buying thinking they had the same amount of money and then realizing, oh shoot, I have less money now. The same would happen if rates came down that drastically. There'd be buyers buying thinking they have an amount of money and going, oh, I have more money now. But they wouldn't be like, Oh, rates went down, so therefore my purchasing power went up by $50 a month, so therefore my price will go up by $20,000. Yeah. They don't think that way. No. It's not happening that fast. And so, yes, as rates come down, more people enter the marketplace, um, but I don't think it'll happen overnight. Like, So buying now and expecting a drastic rate decrease and then planning on refining, it's such, it's such wish casting in terms of where you want things to go versus where things realistically should be going. And so... What I tell my clients, and I think I've said this multiple times in the pod, is if you can feel comfortable with the payment at today's rates, you'll lock that rate in for 30 years. And so you're going to do something that makes you feel okay. You're going to buy the house you need, and that's great. You should buy the house then. But if you feel like you're stretching it with the belief that you're going to refi and be able to afford it in the future, you shouldn't be buying this house. You should buy something less expensive that you feel like you can actually afford. So... Stretching budgets with a hope that rates come down and you can refi out of it is just, I think it's terrible advice for agents to be given to clients. If I was told right now by a client that said, Luke, I have the magic eight ball and in December, by year end in December, the rates are going to be five and a quarter. I would say, okay, let's buy a house in December. Or November. Yeah, let's like, buy a house then. Right. If it's year end, let's just wait. The We're market not... will already be slower. Yeah. And when the rates start coming down, yeah. people won't just be like, I'm going to buy now. No. Um, they'll wait till January because that's when they do. So that was, the, that was the ridiculous social media post of the week. Uh, debunked. That's a we'll new fun, fun game. We should play that game That would again. be a fun game. Um, okay, so let's get into what actually matters. The PPI and CPI, uh, producer price index and consumer price index for those who don't know the the shortening version of those. So to start, give the listeners, remind them what these are and why they matter to agents. First, I'll say I'm on the other side of the table today. Like I usually sit on that side of the table. So I'm leaning with my left shoulder into you. It's very different. I don't mm. know how to, I'm like, my left shoulder's all Might have an injury. Right yeah, I'll be like all tipped up to it tomorrow. Um, so CPI and PPI, we've talked about these a lot. Uh, CPI is a measure of the basket of products. Uh, it means consumer price index. Um, purchased by consumers and evaluates how much they cost over time. So Think of like those Walmart commercials that you've seen where it's like this basket at Walmart costs this much and that this competitor, it costs that much. Um, they're comparing the same basket over multiple periods of time versus over different grocers, essentially. Um, but it allows them to say, are groceries going up or down versus last year? Are, is gas going up or down versus last year? Different consumer goods that impact, you know, essentially how much money people have in their pocket on a real basis. Um, and real estate is one of the one of them. Yep. Of them and area. so they kind of weigh it all out together, and that allows them to say, "Isn't what is inflation? What is like what is the inflation level at a total level?" So that's the biggest thing that they're tracking right now. The Fed to try to get under control. When you hear the say the Fed wants to be at two percent, essentially they want the CPI to be at two percent over the prior year. Once it gets to that point, they'll have essentially accomplished their goals. Now, whether or not 
three, two is actually their goal. If it's somewhere in the twos, cause they've kind of leaned into that. It's a different conversation. Um, we'll get to that. The PPI is a similar measure, but it's on the producer side. So think of that more as like the prices of products being produced, what they cost to produce or to purchase. So if you're buying a banana at a grocery store, the CPI captures the price that you pay for that banana versus what you would have paid for it a year ago. The PPI would capture what the grocery store is paying for that banana versus what they would have paid for it a year ago. The PPI is important to track because the PPI tends to be a leading indicator, meaning what you see in that measure will likely show up in the CPI in the future because if the cost of bananas goes up, likely the price of bananas to you as a consumer is going to go up in the future. And so it's just another way for us to be tracking similar things. Um, I like it though, cause it kind of reinforces where the CPI is going. Yeah. It's the PPI is kind of the, uh, beginning of what the CPI will become. Yeah. Like during, like during the big inflation boom, you know, it was both COVID and the war in Ukraine, but a lot of the supply chain impacts resulted in the PPI going up because the supply chain made things more costly. We've moved a lot of things on shore from production based on what happened during COVID and is happening around the world. Uh, and so just the cost of production goes up. So therefore the prices that you're feeling as a consumer are, you know, going to go up as well. It's just kind of the natural, uh, cause and effect there. And you kind of already, you just kind of touched on this, but I want to start with, uh, PPI just because it's the beginning of CPI. Yeah. Um, so how have those looked? You talked about the COVID, the war in Ukraine. How has that looked the last six to 12 months? Yeah. So, I mean, it was on a tear as a result of COVID. <laughs> the war in Ukraine has hit a lot of things. We'll see now with the whole grain thing if that's going to impact some some pieces of where that's going in the future as well um but the you know last june we were at about 11 percent over prior 11.2 percent over prior year Whoa. ppi yeah so prices on the just the cost side went up 11.2 percent so you know we talk about all the different reasons why we've had inflation but the biggest one's just been supply chains have caused costs and input costs to go up i mean there's a lot of other impact impacts on inflation but you know when the costs go up the prices go up so it has continued to move down from that point. That was kind of the peak of what we've seen over the last couple of years. Um, and the 11.2 has slowly dropped. It went to 5.7 by January 2023. And then most recently, June, it came in at 0.1% over prior year. And this is this is year over year. Correct. So the big point that we always make sure people understand on the year over year number is 11% is a big number. And then you see 0.1%. But you have to understand is it's a year over year above a number that was 11%. So yeah, the so point it's one like is it's still higher than historical. It's just compared to last year, it hasn't done, it hasn't really went up. Yeah. And we haven't looked at two years on these to basically say like, what is the two year, year over year impact of some of these things? Um, that would be interesting to do to say like, is those 0.1 actually equivalent to 5.3 two year, you know? Sure. And is that the same oh, as what's been prior I, yeah, months? Or is that number divide, coming down as well? You divide 11.1 by two. I mean, it's... That's the simplest way. I mean, it's a little different than that, but yeah, it's uh, roughly what it ends up coming in at. So it would be interesting to see kind of where that would be. We haven't run that yet, but all things considered, the Fed is really looking at just the core inflation number and saying, I want to get that to 2%. So if PPI gets to 0.1, that means from a leading indicator standpoint, the CPI is likely to continue to look pretty solid going forward. And which we'll get to, the CPI has continued to get better as well. Is there a correlation on how much above the PPI the CPI normally is? I don't have a good answer for you on that. It's a good question. I mean, they run together. You'd have to graph all the the numbers and you'd have to run the calculation on that. Yep. Um, So getting into the CPI numbers then, how how have those looked the last 6 to 12 months? So, yeah, uh, the CPI numbers have continued to get better as well. Um, 
we were at about 9% in June of 2022, the same time frame we were at about 11 on the other one. That number just came in at 3% this last month. So like I said, 2% is the Fed rate that they've stuck to and quoted forever. Um, there's no guarantee three is two is where they're going to just like continue to throttle us down to get to because if the economy looks pretty solid, we can keep inflation around that three, two to three range. There is a school of thought saying that, you know, maybe that means that they're actually doing what they need to be doing and everything looks good. And why would we throw the economy out of whack if we can be happy with two to three percent? Um, the biggest driver of the CPI coming down in June, though, was was energy. So gas was down like 16 percent year over year. So we do still have some increases in inflation and other goods. Um, you know, uh, real estate for one is up still like six to seven percent. Food and groceries are up more like five to six percent. And so there are some things suggesting, OK, yeah, we've gotten gas prices back under control, which were really hit by the, the war. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe we still don't have the food or some of the other staples where we want them to be. And therefore, three percent might be a little little still a little higher than we want it to be on the Fed side. And what is the Fed saying about uh, CPI and PPI right now and kind of forward-looking on how it's going to affect what they decide to do? Yeah, we're waiting for more information on that right now. So the numbers came out, you know, but the Fed doesn't give guidance until they get to their meeting, which is happening on July 25th and 26th, so next week. Um, the assumptions going into the June numbers was we'd have a 25 basis point hike in the next meeting and then another 25 basis points following that would be kind of where the ceiling would be. But they've always kind of said the data is going to drive their decision-making process. So based on that, there are folks that are now estimating that there's not going to be that aggressive a move needed because we already have kind of landed. I mean, they haven't landed the plane, but they talked about the soft landing versus the hard landing, you know, throwing the economy into more of an intense recession versus kind of just getting it to a stable point. There's a lot of people that look at the numbers right now and they're saying, we're, we're doing pretty good, actually. So maybe we don't need to go crazy in terms of how we land this thing. Um, I think the belief is that we're still going to see a 25 basis point raise this next session. But after that, there are some folks thinking now that we don't need to do the back-to-back -back raises and we can start considering a pullback by the end of the year. Um, it has trickled through the market for sure so far. Um, so that's been, you know, good to see. Is that the stock market or the real estate market? Really everything. Um, as the rates went, you know, as the news came in, the stock market jumped the first day. 10-year treasury bond pulled back by about 30 basis points. And if anyone that follows us a lot knows the 10-year treasury bond is the one that's most highly correlated to um, being able to see where 30-year mortgage rates are going to go. Um, so as the 10-year treasury bond pulled back, we saw mortgage rates pull back as well. So we've seen about 30 basis points come off of the mortgage interest rates. They were running kind of wild up into the seven and a quarter range when the whole jobs thing happened. Uh, but now they're down into the six, nine range again, which is you know better to see some more stability there with the belief that we're likely going to see continued positive momentum. So, but not to 5.25. No, it's not. <laughs> At some point we'll get to five. That's the number that Maybe. I've always said. My, my number for me is like you're five to five and a half. The real estate market will just kind of continue to putter along slowly, which is where it should be. Yeah. You're at seven and a half. It might slow down too much. If you get to three, it's going to be, absolute chaos as we already seen i don't think i want to exist in that world and like even at five. seven it's like i have five offers it's like could you imagine the 30 offer world that three percent even if it went back to fit by january of 2024 if it was five and a quarter the the spring market in the twin cities area which is like january through may for us would be insane again yeah It'd be 30 offers on houses because you, and you'd start to see sellers moving i think so sales would pick up a lot but you'd also start to see like as agents right this podcast is geared toward agents you don't necessarily want to wish for that crazy market right because 
A, you're going to have 30 offers in your house and figure out how to win with those. B, you're probably going to have to do things strategically if you want to get listings, right? We could talk about what that looked like, but like commission rates probably will start coming down if the market gets that crazy again. Yeah. And so it's just, you kind of want more stability than you want chaos. Yep. So wrapping this into the most important part, if I'm an agent and like I said last time, I, I would suggest you're listening to these. Pick something that you're actually interested in. Do some research and you say, hey, the PPI and the CPI, they're super interesting to me. I love how the producer price index kind of predicts based on the cost of the goods to create things, what the cost of the goods to buy things will be on the back end for consumers. Yep. What If I'm an agent and I love this, if you were going to use this as a discussion point, you were with people and someone asked you how the market was doing or where interest rates were, how would you use these two items um, to be the expert in the room. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't love it, because we have a lot of agents on our team that are like, I'm not like you guys. I don't think about things just this level of economics and detail. Sure. But even if you don't love it, you need to know roughly what's going on sure. because interest rates will continue to be a hot button topic conversation, right? I had a client call me last week and saying, hey, I got this rate quoted to me. Should I lock in? Should I not? And at the end of the day, I said, well, Here's the reality of your situation. Right now, we've seen both positive news on the inflation front from the CPI and the PPI, which are the measures that they use to track inflation in the government, in the Fed. And that resulted in our rates going down about a quarter point from where they were a week ago. So if I was sitting in your shoes, I would know that we've seen the rates come down. They're likely to probably be stabilized here for a period of time. So if I was buying, I would probably just lock in right now and say, I'll take my extra quarter point that I got and not risk it. Um, but as you're thinking about the future of this, I would say as an agent, just make sure that you follow along with where these measures are going because you could say, yeah, we saw a 3% inflation number come in and the Fed has said 2% is what they want. So we're getting closer to that target, which means we're likely to see the interest rate rises that have been killing our 30-year mortgage interest rates slow down at some point in the near future, um, which should mean more stabilization of where interest rates are going and that you won't be as a buyer or a seller dealing with a market where rates may be jumping crazily all the time Half point yeah week. and that's a i mean that's a pretty no it's good basic it's some basic way of putting it but I, I think even if you don't love it as much as we do you can still create something like that to be able to script with people love that and that's all we have this week for the nerdy agent podcast and as always remember be better be better